Hi, I'm Peter Mullen from Mullen Natural Health Centre. Have you ever thought about coming to see a naturopath but weren't sure if we could help? Why not try our free 15-minute phone consultations? Call 4961-4075 or go to mullenhealth.com.au for details. Mr Peter Mullen, hello. Good afternoon, Colin. It's good to be back with you, mate. Thank you. You too. You too. Lovely surprise to see you again. Well, there you go. Now, coming up on the show, what have we got? Well, I've, I'm here today with um, a very special guest, our brand new practitioner, Carly McKean. Um, Carly's a young mum with two beautiful girls, Ella, who is four, and Marley, who is almost two. And Carly's going to share with her, share with us rather, how she keeps her family healthy naturally. So Carly's um, specialty in our practice will be children and children's health. And being a young mum, she's the perfect one to, you know, be going through the same trials and tribulations that a lot of other young mums are going through. Unfortunately, they don't come with a, a list of, you know, what to feed them or how to look after them either. So um, our kids, and we've talked a bit about um, this before on this show, Colin, how much um, health is changing for the general population, but particularly it's with kids' health that we really see that there's been some really big changes even in the last... 20 years, um, you know, increased um, incidence of things like allergies such as asthma, um, you know, nut-free schools. When I was a kid, you know, you didn't have any restrictions mm. on what you could take to school. Now every school or daycare centre is nut-free this or nut-free that. Uh, autism, you know, there's been something like a 600% increase in the diagnosis of autism in the last last um, five to ten years. And we've talked before about some of the possible causes, but I thought we'd start, start Carly on a... On a a broad question, Colin, being a newbie, um, and get her opinion about what she thinks are some of the contributing factors to, to why our kids' health has changed. Yeah, well, I think, um, yeah, our diet's changed so much over the years. Like, there's more processed foods, additives, preservatives, and more convenient foods, um, and especially a lot more sugar that kids are consuming these days. So, um, based on a study of 9- and 10-year-olds, um, they actually found that their um, kids are actually consuming like an extremely high dose of sugar per day. Uh, the World Health Organization recommends only 12.6 grams of sugar for that age bracket. So 12.6 grams, if we, the way to work out how much that is for the, um, just to get a rough idea, is four grams is a teaspoon. So they're recommending that the average amount of sugar from any form, and that's from you know carbohydrates, um, processed foods, or straight added sugar is um, 12.6 grams, so that's what, that's three, three teaspoons. teaspoons of sugar a day. Yeah, yeah. So in this study, they actually, on, on average, um, these kids, um, yeah, nine and ten-year-olds, were consuming average 160 grams a day. Wow, wow, so that's 40, what's that, 40 teaspoons of sugar, sugar a day, Colin? Yep. And it should be three. <laughs> And that's why you know that's that's why we've got such issues in our in our culture with um, obesity as well. Mm. And the the um, the problem with sugar is that it's hidden in a lot of everyday foods. What should we look out for? You know, should, you know, things not to not to give our kids, or you know, even us. Obviously, soft drinks one of those things. But what about for for the every you know for young kids? Well, one of the one of the best places to start, I always say, is to to cut out soft drinks. Like nobody should be drinking soft drinks. At all, like when we soft Big drinks, cool, well, soft drinks really aren't a food. Yeah, you know, okay. water water is what we need to be drinking. So, if if your kids have soft drinks, if you have soft drinks, some some families still will have a glass of soft drink with their dinner of a night time. And basically, what they're doing is they're just they might as well get the sugar bowl and put an extra five or six teaspoons of sugar and just sprinkle it over their food. Mm. It's yeah. that bad for us. So so. I would always say off no soft drink except maybe for birthdays and special occasions and no f commercial fruit juice. Mm. 
you know, most com commercial fruit juice, they're too easy. Is full of sugar. Like even when they say it's 100% fruit juice, you've got the concentrated sugar from about four or five or ten pieces of fruit. So straight away, if people cut out soft drinks and commercial fruit juice, that would be start. Yeah. Okay. Beautiful. I'm going to get you to a food diary actually and bring in what you eat, and we might go through that on air. Um. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Moving along. Moving along. I mean, hey, you're more than welcome to do it, but you'll probably you won't like it. <laughs> Actually, that'd be a really good exercise to do that because you can sort of see where the sugar creeps in. Mm. We've just done a, a great post on Facebook. Sorry to cut. Sorry no, to cut in, Carly. Um, we've just done a, a great post on Facebook about um, four star rating with a certain um, food cereal that has got a four or four and a half star rating and. When I've read through the what the ingredients are, you know, there's I can't see any actual health benefit to having this food whatsoever. Mm. But it's got a government four star rating. So if anyone's interested to find out what that very well known breakfast cereal is, all they have to do is get on our Facebook page and it's probably have a look. I have. <laughs> <laughs> I'll ask you in the break. Can't mention it on air. <laughs> all right, moving along. So, okay, so that's what not to have, Carly. Obviously, your job is to, you know, make our kids a whole lot healthier and, and, to, and to make sure that we are giving them the right thing to eat. Um, what should we be giving them? I might start with, the, um, like, the medications and antibiotics. So um, that can be also a contributing factor to our kids' health um, because um, antibiotics are, are frequently prescribed. Um, and they can be necessary and life-saving, um, but they are over-prescribed and sometimes misused. Um, so the, by the age of 20, an average child has received, or on average, about 17 courses of antibiotics. So this can really interfere with um, our gut health um, and even our immune system. So that can be a, also a factor of... Um, Why our kids' health is changing. Absolutely. I was talking to a um, friend of mine um, recently who's a GP, and um, and he was saying that... that GPs often feel a bit pressured by people when they come in. If someone comes in with a cold or flu or mm. a viral infection, they often feel pressured by the patient that they have to prescribe something. Mm. And unfortunately, some GPs are still prescribing antibiotics for viral infections where it's well known that they only work on bacterial infections. And with the increased risk of, you know, not only kids' health changing, but antibiotic resistance and things like that. So keep that in mind when you're seeing the GP. If you are unwell... You know, don't sort of pressure the GP to give you antibiotics if it's not going to really be um, be effective. Health and well-being. And Carly, look, you're a mum of two beautiful girls. Now, what do you give them to, you know, to keep them fighting fit and healthy? Yeah, I think that uh, diet is the foundation for health. Um, so teaching our kids how to live happy, healthy lives from, from really on is... Um yeah, really important, I think. So they depend on us to make great choices for them and, um, yeah, they can thrive on what we feed them. So for um, for breakfast, they have a green smoothie. So I can put a lot of nutrients into that. Um, vegetables, fruits, nuts and seeds, um, some good quality oils, um, as well as their probiotics and any supplements for the day. Um, so that's giving them a really nutrient-dense breakfast to start the day. Snacks. So smoothies, smoothies are great actually like that, aren't they? Because you can sneak in a lot of things that, you know, on their own might be hard to get in, but you're sort of giving your child a really action-packed, nutrient-rich, you know, start to the day. Absolutely. So, so um, for snacks, I give them seaweed sheets, like the sushi sheets. I cut them up and <laughs> they love... We should have actually brought some in today <laughs> for Colin. I don't think so. <laughs> um, vegetable sticks are always a favourite and they've been used to eating them since they were really little. So um, 
Yeah. Is that the key to start them off early? You Very know? much so. Yep. Okay. Yep. And avoiding avoiding foods that um, that aren't nutrient dense for them, especially when they're little, so they're not used to having them. Um, yeah, from early on. Um, yeah, seed crackers, homemade muffins are always a good one for them. Um, yep. Especially when you make them yourself, you know that you know what's going you know into what that. The ingredients are exactly absolutely. avoiding um, at the additives and preservatives. Uh, lunchbox ideas. I like to make um, quiche or patties, fritters like uh, cinnamon patties or vegetable patties, in, rather than a sandwich. For that's, that. that's probably the challenge with our diet. Is Colin is that um, most people sort of just generally do what they've always done, mm. or these last couple of generations. So it's a cereal for breakfast, has to be a sandwich for lunch, and probably for a lot of my mum, young mums that I see, that lunchbox ideas is the hardest idea. So. Yep. Tell us again. So you make up like quiches? Quiche, um, yeah, the salmon patties or vegetable patties. Um, and they're all right to have cold. Absolutely. Cold the next yeah, time, yeah. But the good part about that is that you could make one at the start of the week and and have it prepared for the rest of the week. So you're not putting extra time in making those lunch boxes. Great idea. Um, yeah, so at least you know um, they're having something a bit more nutrient dense, protein rich, and it's, yeah, their mm. body's going to prefer that than than a sandwich with some spread. Cool. Uh, you know, people like me that are very fussy eaters, mm-hmm. uh, what would be your suggestions? Especially for kids, you've got to get the kids in the kitchen helping to prepare food. Um, when they feel that they're a part of making something, they're more likely to yeah, want to eat that type of food. Um, or another thing is arranging their plate in a certain way. So something interesting like a face or... Uh, as uh, yeah, I've, um, I've prepared something for my girls before and they didn't want to touch it. I made it into a face and they ate the whole thing. So making it interesting for kids and, uh, yeah, fun, colours, This is that's what they want to eat. So yeah. if we go out, when we finish, if we go out and find <laughs> Colin's lunchbox, yes. do you think we'll be able to turn it into something that will actually... Yep, absolutely. Yeah. I reckon we could have a go at that. Right. Well, yep. we'll give that a go. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to go to the nearest candle. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, now... What about a poor appetite? Yeah, so I think it's good to get the kids' zinc levels checked, um, only because when kids have low zinc levels, it can be affecting their appetite. Yeah, it's a great great tip, actually. Yeah. Because a lot of the kids that we would see would be low in zinc. Hmm. And I've probably in the past had mums come in where um, their kids are on a very restrictive diet and they're only eating a certain, certain number of foods, literally. And then after they've taken zinc for a while, all of a sudden they start to branch out in there. So I think their taste actually generally improves. So I think that's a great tip, getting yep. the kids' zinc levels tested, particularly if they're fussy eaters and, and or a low appetite as well. Then we're talking about kids' health and, you know, look, I'm a big kid really, so <laughs> suits me. <laughs> all this advice is right down to, um, down to the mark for you. Beautiful. Um, so supplements, Carly, like um, obviously healthy diet's the cornerstone when we're talking about kids' health. And, um, you know, parents these days, I find, really need a lot of help and encouragement with um, to try new foods for their kids. And, and it's just that persistence, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, I know with my kids, if they if they want something, they'll ask until I think that, that I think I've come up with the idea myself. Yes. Whereas often I think sometimes when we introduce new foods to kids, we don't keep persevering. You know, you need to keep putting the broccoli on the plate and keep going and keep going until eventually kids eat it and think it's just normal. So mm. I think perseverance is the other thing. Absolutely. So with your kids' health, what's the, um, 
most common health complaints your kids have sort of had in their four years and two years? I think going to daycare and even just school, they're around a lot of other kids and they're easy to pick up, yeah, colds and flus, um, okay. especially winter time and even coming out of winter, that change of season. So I find um, it's beneficial to have a preventative strategy in place um, to oh, make particularly sure... Particularly over the winter. winter absolutely. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. So even just that foundation nutrition of trying to get their n- nutrition at optimal levels. So diet, as as you said, cornerstone, but um, like a general multi, probiotics and um, a fish oil is my sort of general everyday um, okay, yes, so you'd have your, you'd, regime. you've got your kids on that all the time? Yeah, that's yep. right. Yep. Um, and yeah, if they were to get sick, um, they have a, the, a higher level of zinc and vitamin C um, and also a, a herbal supplement. We have actually in, at work, it's a alcohol-free um, herbal mixture, which has a few different herbs in there that will support their nervous system. Tastes great. So, you know, the compliance is going to be good getting, getting that dosage into them. Yeah, that's true. And that's the other thing with kids, obviously. And I think you mentioned this in the break before that um, if you like, it's a good idea to get your kids used to taking supplements and yeah. healthy things early. Early. On. The earlier, the better, so that it's not a big argument every time you've got to come at them with a, with the um, you know, with their natural medicines. Yeah. And getting stuff that tastes great is a is is key. Is key. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. So that's what they take on a on a general basis, and um, yeah. So it's the multi. Multi-official and a probiotic. Probiotic, absolutely. You know, we've talked on this show like numerous times about the benefits of probiotics and why gut health is so important to children's immunity. Um, what else would you use, like if they, um, so if they've got a cold or flu? Again, you've mentioned the herbal mix from work. What about if they've got a temperature? A temperature. Um, it really depends on what the kid is, uh, what your child. Um, is looking like if they're unwell or um, if they're just a little bit hot. It's really, yeah, getting Absolutely. the gauge of and how... Is, the gauge of how serious that is. I guess that was a bit of a broad question. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's a lot of things that we can do naturally to bring the fever down rather than resorting straight to Panadol and Nurofen. Um, and the, the fever itself is actually a natural response from the body to, um, yeah, to heal the body and to get rid of the pathogen or, um, yeah, something that they're fighting. So we do need to support it in a way that's safe. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Obviously being aware of febrile convulsions. Correct. The temperature's getting too high. Absolutely. So, um... So what what um what would you use to sort of help to manage the temperature? Yep, so um, we can use homeopathic medicines, which is really safe for kids. So there's yeah. a particular one, um, well, there is a few, but uh, Ferrum Foss is a natural um, homeopathic that helps to reduce the fever in kids. Okay. Um, right. They can get quite specific depending on what type of fever the child sure. has. Sure. Um, so it's always good to get some... Um, yeah, some professional help if if you're looking at um yeah and getting some ideas yeah. um, how to treat that naturally. There's a big thing, big thing, Colin. We we try and promote at our office is is how to teach teach young parents of mm. you know how to be more not more responsible, but tips and and um, ways of that they can learn to manage their kids' health themselves. So that you know you're sort of going to see your naturopath or your doctor if you if you're stuck. Yeah. But there's lots of little things that people can be doing. And we'll be talking a lot more about that tonight, actually, at our um, free kids talk on natural remedies for kids' health. Right, okay, beautiful. Well, uh, thanks very much for your company today, guys. It's uh, been a whole lot of fun. Your talk tonight, where's that happening at? Uh, it's the Charlestown Multipurpose Centre. So if anyone's interested, and this is open to grandparents as well as parents, yep. um, they can get on to our website at mullenhealth.com.au. 
uh, and they can organise tickets through there or they can give our office a call on 4961 4075. I think there's still a few tickets available. Awesome.